America's top critics agree, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is everything we go to the movies for. Exhilarating, visually stunning, spectacular, romantic, fantastic, visionary, filmmaking magic, the best movie of the year. Chow Young-Fat, Michelle Yeoh, and Zhang Ziyi. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, rated PG-13. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. We're here to talk about movies. <laughs> this is a really fun movie. Uh, I, I mean, we've done a handful of foreign movies on this show. Never. One a few weeks ago, and this was a really fun choice. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking well, forward to talking about it. Uh, listeners out there, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And these, these are, are the movies that, that made us gay. gay. Yay. Nick Romero, you haven't been on the show in a while. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'm super happy to be here. Last on the show, like two years for our Star Wars episode, Star Wars episode one. Yeah, we did The Phantom Menace. And I texted you a few months ago of what movie did you want to come back for? And Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came up in the conversation, and I jumped out the opportunity to talk about this movie. So thank you for bringing this movie to the pod. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about all of our reasonings for for loving this movie. But Scott, do you have your uh, details that you want to jump into as far as release dates and all that good stuff? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, directed by Ang Lee, premiered at the 2000s Cannes Film Festival and went on to have its U.S. release December 8th in the United States. This movie stars Chong Young. Chow Young Fat, Michelle Yeoh, Zhang Ziyi, and Chang Chen. And it is from the Chinese novel of the same name. This movie was a gigantic hit in the United States, and it was one of the top foreign gross, well, the top foreign grossing movies here right. in America right. at the time. Right. And it went on to get 10 Academy Award nominations, surpassed by Roma. Okay. In 2018. I was going to say, like, 20 years later, 18 mm-hmm. years later. Okay. Uh, Nick, talk a little bit about when you were first uh, introduced to this movie. I'm sure you probably have memories of seeing it in the movie theater in the year 2000. Oh, yeah, when I was three years <laughs> <When you're>, old. Yeah. <laughs> so if you would have asked me, like, any, anyone asking me, have you seen this movie? I would have said, absolutely, of course I've seen this movie. Um, it's, you know, it's been on family members' Uh, DVD shelves. I've seen it in all the stores. Like, I know this movie, okay? Yeah. I watched it Friday and yesterday. Never seen the movie. I have no recollection <laughs> of this actual movie. Interesting. <laughs> wrong movie. I, no, just kidding. <laughs> wrong movie. I, and I don't know what movie I had well, stuck I mean, in my head that was this movie, uh, but it was not that. It could have been a number of things because, <laughs> I mean, this movie led to the successes of stuff like hero and house of flying daggers i'm i'm certain I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably so house it of flying could daggers could have been I house of flying daggers with. also starring zhang ziyi mm-hmm. she's uh the range right she's great the, yeah. yeah the range i feel like i have memories of house of flying daggers scenes that i thought were in this movie like we were watching it and i was like but when is that oh wait that's not this one <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's exactly how I felt. Uh, I, I thought it was a completely different movie. First off, I I, I vaguely remember it being in English. Mm. Obviously, I did a little bit of research. There is a dub version, yeah. but well, I, did, yeah. I didn't watch the dub version. I Our video it, store had the dub the version. Original. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. good. <laughs> well, yeah, so first time technically, 
yesterday and Friday. Work. <laughs> you work. could have even right. seen clips of it just because I feel like the scenes, I mean, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are just kind of ingrained in pop culture that even mm-hmm. though you might not have seen this movie, you have seen this movie probably reference parody just because this shit was everywhere in the early 2000s. Especially those fight scenes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But also, too, uh, I had uh, the first – not the first. But, I mean, I, I bought the DVD when it was originally released on DVD. And um, so that original release of the DVD does have a dubbed version. And with uh, – it has – you know, the the Mandarin version with English subtitles, the dubbed version. You could watch it dubbed with English subtitles. It's all it's all up to you. Um, I feel like in theaters, I don't know that it was dubbed into English in theaters. I think it was only for the home video release. And then Netflix, this movie was on and off Netflix for years. It's not currently on Netflix, but it was on Netflix for a long time. And I do know that Netflix has a history of kind of defaulting to a dubbed version and you have to kind of go in and change it back to the original language settings. Yeah, that's right. So it may have mm-hmm. been, too, that, you know, um, if it was House of Flying Daggers or this movie, just when you kind of watched it in passing, it may have just been on set to English, you know, on a dub. Because yeah. I think that's just kind of how home um, home video and, and streaming has been kind of dealing with it. But. Um, I saw this in the theater when it first came out in the year 2000. I was not three. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I do remember seeing this movie and being kind of, like, swept away with the rest of uh, the country. And kind of I, – I I don't know that I had seen anything with Michelle Yeoh or Chow Yun-Fat prior to this. I mean, she made her big American debut in Tomorrow Never Dies in right. 97. And I didn't see Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. <laughs> I would say it's yeah. um she's really good in it, but it's not really talked about a lot in terms of the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. Right. The only but Pierce she's Brosnan, really good in it though. The only Pierce Brosnan Bond movie I saw was uh Die Another Day. The with one with Madonna. Halle Berry and Madonna. Yep. So uh, Yeah, who hasn't seen that one? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. But um I mean this movie is fierce. It's like uh it's it's great. I love it. Um but Nick, what did you think when you watched it? Were you just like, wow, this is great, or were you like, oh my god? <laughs> no, I was I was absolutely obsessed with it. It was it was a first of all, it's beautiful, right? Visually yeah, stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Um the choreography, the action choreography is amazing, even for you know, twenty three years later. I think yeah. it's an absolute it holds up, right? It's a great movie. You know, we're watching kind of some a uh, little behind the scenes things about the movie and there's a a, a, a featurette it's a couple of minutes long and it's called the making of crouching tiger hidden dragon but you can tell it's for like it's for like from miramax or something like it's mm-hmm. dubbed like oh, it's a this trailer is, this is some like the movie channel movie channel like, shit. nonsense yeah but so they're like oh you know fight choreography and stunts and and special effects and i was like special effects there's not a lot of special effects in this movie it's all in camera bitch oh no there's a lot of special effects in this movie, and they're so good that like they held up so well that I kind of was like, oh, I I literally thought all that was in camera. But they, the there's some really good like CGI in this that kind of even to this day like held up to. I was just like, oh no, there's there's no special effects. But yeah, I'm dumb. <laughs> so I was. I mean, initially. Oh no! Oh no! Go I ahead. Just, no, oh, I was just gonna say initially, I I did kind of giggle at the um the flying right and then well, the, yeah. the, the running across the buildings yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like oh this is a, a little silly but i understood the significance of the movie at the time and right. um the technology right so 
I appreciate it. Yeah. Ang Lee said something interesting in one of the interviews that we were watching of that uh, kind of early in his career. Somebody said, well, you need to do a martial arts movie. And he said, like, well, of course, like all little boys dream of doing a martial arts movie growing up. And right. um, he's kind of hinted that most directors of martial arts movies are fight choreographers. The fight, yeah, the fight yeah, choreographers. That kind of – when you were more of a serious filmmaker and making kind of dramas right, right. like uh, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, you probably weren't going to make a movie like this. Right. Well, let's just establish right off the bat. There is a long history of martial arts cinema, Chinese cinema um, – there's a long history of like just martial arts in general that the three of us are maybe not experts on. So no. <laughs> we're not going to comment nope. really mm-hmm. on, you know, all of that good stuff and, and Wu Tang clan movies and, you know, all this whole history that goes back as far as cinema goes back to these martial arts movies. We're going to, we're commenting on this from our very Western, very American yeah, I mean, kind of like kind of point of view. So listeners, we're not going to be like giving it a, a forensic breakdown. Of, yeah. I mean, of martial arts, but movies, what else? we don't know that. But what I was kind of saying is that for Western directors, <laughs> right? It's not, it's kind of a, somebody that's not a fight choreographer can right. make an action. Movie. Right. And it's, but also yeah. somebody like Ang Lee, his, the rest of his filmography very diverse. It's very diverse. Yep. He directed Brokeback Mountain, you know? That's the third movie that we've done. Yep. Yeah. List this morning, and I was really surprised to see the Hulk on there and Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, yeah. His his filmography is just, it's, 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 it's very Western, but I mean, then he has, you know, he has this movie, which I feel like, and again, the, the whole, like, the flying aspect of it, and I think especially at the time, People, your average Western American moviegoer, my mom and my aunt, they're just kind of like, but why, but why, but how can they do that? And it's just, (laughs) I think also as, as Western movie watchers, we're trained to have backstory and reason for all of this if these characters do that it's because they're well, why in, are they doing they're it? in the matrix you yeah. know or it's a dream or they've got superpowers that were bestowed upon them by you know the fourth dimension or whatever i think in this kind of tradition of uh martial arts film it's just that these characters are just so in tune to their you know skills and ability that they can you know, they can use their body this way. And it's just, and I thought of, matrix right away. And I was, yeah. I, as soon as I was watching it, those first few fights scenes was like, wow, this, this feels like the matrix. Yeah. Fight absolutely. choreographer from the matrix. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I was yeah. really mm-hmm. surprised to see that, yeah. but also not right. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that these American filmmakers were able to secure this fight choreographer who has, you know, who's kind of such a big deal in Asia. And he was like, sure, I'll do your, your weird little like computer science movie. Um, and, but then his, uh, so the fight choreographer is Yen Ping, and his brother, who is also a famous fight choreographer and director worked on the Charlie's angels films. Um, so, and I mean, those kind of always got kind of a little bad rap for being a little matrix ripoffy, but you know, it's just, I think that this kind of really did, Granted, The Matrix was first, right? 99? Matrix was first. Matrix yeah. was first. And then Charlie's Angels was uh, 2000. Yeah. But I feel like Crouching Tiger really had a lot to do with kind of this explosion of this type of fighting in movies. You know, I think in action movies now, if it's uh, Jason Bourne or just any kind of action movie, there's always kind of like a kung fu element now. I think before these movies, 
if action stars got into fights, they just beat the hell out of each other through 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 people through walls and punched in the face and kicked in the gut. But n- from here forward, there's martial arts and everything, right? And it's just I think this movie and the Matrix really have this huge like stake in in how action movies are 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 directed and choreographed now, right? Yeah. So this movie came out when I was a freshman in high school, and I was trying to think to this week of what exposure to international cinema had I had prior <laughs> yeah. to this. Yeah, and I can't probably really not think of all that much. Yeah, that I don't really have a lot of memories of renting foreign movies from the video store. So this is. This movie was a huge deal when it came out because it just sort of introduced a whole American, middle American audience to foreign films and martial art films. I mean, I saw this movie at the Judith Theater, Pete, with my mom. Sure. I don't – I mean, I don't – can't think of a foreign movie that had been in our small town ever prior to that. Right. I mean, maybe – something in the 90s but i can't remember it but i saw this movie with my mom my mom had seen this movie earlier in the year in 2001 because this was released late 2000 my mom had seen it in seattle and was raving about it yeah and how i needed to see it and when our small town theater finally got it probably in like april just because that's how long it took for it to get to our hometown theater I saw it in the theater, and I remember my sister's friends being in the audience and them vocally being like, holy shit, <laughs> when they start, when, like, the first big fight scene. Right. Um, and you want to know something else. When I got Tell my me. first video store job, I was trying to think, did we have a foreign section at our video store? And then I was thinking, oh, that's because I made it. Yeah. <laughs> because when I was working there, I noticed that our video store didn't have an international section. Sure. And I was like, well, I got to do something about that. And I put, I think that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was one of the first things that I put on that wall. Well, that needs to be on your resume to this day. That's like mm-hmm. initiative. <laughs> yeah. I was breaking that, down barriers. When we were watching, when we were finishing the movie last night, because we did this in two sittings, I was, that memory just kind of came back to me. Right. Of that, oh, yeah. I made the international section at the movie store. Sure, sure. That's really cool. Um, Okay, so my big takeaway from this in the year 2000, I'm like 20, and I'm like, I don't don't know who any of these people are. I'm aware of Chow Yun-Fat as like an Asian movie superstar, and I'm kind of aware of Michelle Yeoh. He had done some American crossovers, like Replacement Killers and and Anna McCain. I'm, I'm just watching this movie, and I'm like, okay... I'm I'm now officially Michelle Yeoh super fan. Oh, I'm just like Stan. I was gonna sh- say, th- mother. This is our love. very special <laughs> Michelle Yeoh post Oscar win episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we. I've been a fan of her, you know, now for 23 years. She has a Best Actress Oscar finally. She's just has this this recognition that I feel like she's had for a long time. But going back and watching this, I'm just like, holy shit! She's not even like the lead of this movie i guess it's hard to say who is the lead of this movie i guess jen i guess zhang ziyi is the, is the the main character but michelle yo is just so like i don't know i just she's just mesmerizing a, yeah she's so captivating mm-hmm. in every scene mm-hmm. she's in and she's this character that she's playing is just so 
like sad, I guess, the entire time. She just has this very melancholy kind of like feel about her. And so, um, yeah, we we were, both of us were very interested in kind of like the, the themes of like gender in this movie and how interesting it is that her character is like a, a security guard. Yeah. But she's like, a woman, right? And she kind of like runs the security company that, you know. She transports kind of fancy items across China. Yeah. And she's the best at it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. so freaking good. <laughs> um, yeah. It's the, this movie is structured very interestingly, I will say, because there's kind of like what's happening in, you know, quote unquote, the present. Um, with her and, you know, uh, this like, compound that she's in and and we've got this sword that you know the green destiny that that they're kind of protecting but it's it's given away and and you know we meet jen who is this you know this uh a, a senator's daughter or something like that i would that. say royal but I, yeah i think it's technically um, i think she's the governor's daughter, yeah, governor's governor's daughter. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. um but then like Halfway through it, we get Jen's kind of backstory. It kind of like shifts, and then we kind of go into different. And I think a lot of that probably comes from the novels that were serialized between 1941 and 1942. And this is Crouch, Tiger, and Dragon, I think, is adapted specifically from the fourth part of that Crane Iron Pentology work trilogy. So I think a lot of that comes from the book. Okay. Did you read about uh, the title "Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon"? And it's a kind little of bit, like, uh, kind of its 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 interpretations or whatever. Go into it. Okay, so the title "Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon" is a literal translation of a Chinese idiom, which describes a place or situation that is full of unnoticed masters. Right? It's from a poem uh, from an ancient Chinese poet, Yu Xin. Um, it means behind the rock in the dark probably hides a tiger and the coiling giant root resembles a crouching dragon. The title has several other layers of meaning. Uh, let's see. The idiomatic phrase is an expression referring to the undercurrents of emotion, passion, and secret desire that lie beneath the surface of polite society and civil behavior. So the whole thing is uh, is about unnoticed masters, and then there's that ties into like the gender roles because uh, Michelle Yeoh's character um, being a woman, but also a security guard, so she's kind of able to kind of walk in society kind of unnoticed because generally the society at large don't expect her to be a security guard because she's female. So she's kind of the best at her job because she go, because she does go unnoticed. So she kind of is, you know, hidden in that way. Um, so the, the storyline is mostly driven by three female characters, Jen, driven by her desire to be free from the gender role imposed on her. Uh, Shulen, which is Michelle Yeoh, uh, oppressed by her gender role. She's trying to lead Jen back into the, the gender role that is appropriate for her. So she kind of still is telling her, like, no, dude, you got to go get married to this guy, whether you like it or not. Like, go yeah. be a wife. Fuck all this stuff. You don't want to be an outlaw like me. Like, I'm dirty all the time, and I don't have a place to sleep. And just go get married and... 
be a wife and do your duty, which is kind of interesting that that's her takeaway, maybe because she never got to be with uh, Lee Mubai, who's Chow Yun-fat, who's mm-hmm. like the love of her life. So she's just kind of like, you don't want this life. It's, it's sad, ultimately. But then also, we haven't talked about the third female character. Jade Fox. Movie. The Jade Fox. Jade Fox is so fierce. <laughs> I love yes, her. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, so the film's title refers to Masters One Does Not Notice, which necessarily includes mostly women and suggests the advantage of a female bodyguard. Okay. And Jade Fox is hiding in plain sight. Like she's, she's right. one of the crouching tigers hiding in plain sight training Jen. And she's she's Jen's like main, you know, like I don't know, like handmaiden or nursemaid or whatever. So she's there in the caravan with them through through all this stuff. So she's able to hide herself. Um, but and her whole thing is that she can't learn this martial art form because she's female, right? And she stole a book, but she can only read the diagrams in the book because she can't read. She's illiterate. So she can read the diagrams and through the diagrams, she taught herself up to a certain point of this martial art. I mean, I think she was doing pretty good. I mean, she's kicking ass. ass. And then Jen, because she's more noble is literate. And so she stole the manual, learned everything else that Jade Fox didn't learn and surpassed her. So this is like some crazy, like, you know, internal family drama and all that. But all this stuff with Jade Fox, like I'm watching it and I'm really, I'm really getting like, like super anime vibes. Like, I don't know how much like sure. anime you watch Nicholas, but no, yeah, you lot. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like for me, I don't watch that that much, but from what I do, I was like, Oh, this is giving me like, you know, last airbender and like, just kind of like the, the style of her in like these long black robes and, you know, kind of flying in there. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just so cool. But I think that was a way for us as kind of Westerners or Americans to kind of, uh, access this is from anime. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, so yeah, you, you got that as well when you're watching it. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, Jade, Jade Fox is amazing. She like all her, all her action scenes, all her fight scenes are like super fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> but what did what did she expect though? Like she she goes to this compound. She does no one's supposed to recognize her. I mean, yeah, she's I, already being followed <laughs> by an undercover cop. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just the if hey if I'm dressed a certain way, then you know it's the the whole Clark Kent. That's very um Superman mm-hmm. kung fu movie kind of suspension of disbelief, right? And right. like you mentioned, Superman, yeah, slash Clark Kent, yeah. Do we want to talk a little bit about Zhang Ziyi? So yeah. Zhang Ziyi was a big discovery from this movie because she hadn't really worked a lot prior to this. I think that she had been in acting school, auditioned, and then got it. Um, Zhang Ziyi is a native Mandarin speaker that uh, Ang Lee wanted. That's the thing about this movie is that all of these three leads speak something different. So right. all of this production was very hard to film just because of the language barrier. So all three actors really had to work. Are they speaking Cantonese in this movie? No, they're speaking Mandarin. They're in this speaking movie. Mandarin in this movie. Okay, yes. so that's why. Yes, that's why um, Ang Lee wanted her. Yes, and she, yeah, mm-hmm. and she, and Zhang Ziyi at the time spoke no English, like she spoke Mandarin. And Michelle Yeoh at the time, already a movie star, spoke several languages and spoke Mandarin, but it's not her native. Chinese. 
So she kind of had to learn something new and the, and the accents and all that. I'm not sure about Chow Yun-Fat. Chow Yun-Fat said that on the first day of shooting, he had to do 28 takes because of the language, and that had never happened before okay. in his life. Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of a challenge to yeah. film all this stuff. But Zhang Ziyi, talk about an actress that went from zero to 100 yeah. in yeah, the she's... early 2000s. Like, all of a sudden, she was like a recognizable name in America. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing her everywhere. I mean, she ended up in Rush Hour, Rush Hour 2, like the year after this. Yeah, and then, of course, she leads, uh, she gets into Memoirs of a Geisha. Memoirs of a Geisha in 2005. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that is a movie that is completely English. So she's like doing... Sure. I mean, in the early 2000s, she hardly spoke any English. And then by 2005, she is the lead of a movie that is primarily in English. Um, and also, not Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got, oh, yeah. And that, <laughs> and that was a whole controversy at the time, I remember being. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a big deal at the time. Yeah. No, it was. And yeah. I, th- I think now it would be an even bigger deal. Sure. Probably wouldn't fly, but um. Nick, you said that you're a big Memoirs of a Geisha fan, right? Like you grew up I on am. it. Yeah, I, I, I do. I remember it coming out. I yeah, I remember the hype. Absolutely, I remember all of the hype. I remember reading the book in college. I mean, that book was a ginormous bestseller in America. Um, I remember being at the time that it was written by a man, a white man. Oh. That everybody was kind oh. of shocked of like, <laughs> how did this white dude Scandal. end up writing? this movie about kind of the female perspective of this geisha from Japan, but it was a moment and I saw memoirs of the geisha in the theater. And I think I really liked it kind of remembering back. I'd like to revisit it. Gong Lee is my girl. I love her. (laughs) I love her in anything I see her in. And she is very fierce in that movie. And then Michelle Yeoh's in that as well. Oh gosh. I have not seen. Ken Wananabe. It has them all in it. I have not seen memoirs of a geisha. How about that? Um, the actress who plays Jade Fox, Chang Pei Pei, she is in the live action Mulan. She's the matchmaker. Yeah, the matchmaker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, um, I totally forgot about that. And Gang Li is in Mulan, isn't she? Yes. Okay. She's the villain of Mulan. She is. Yep. Which is kind of a fierce she, character. She plays, she plays the villain really well. We only saw, yeah, Mulan, we only saw live action Mulan once. We, we rent it? We I, think must we, I think we watched it on, it was no on Disney release. Plus, I yeah. think. I think that we waited for that window we when, waited it, was, for Disney when Plus, it was for free. Watched it. And I was like, okay, yeah, Gong Li's a serve. She she's kind of witchy. She could, she's witchy. She could turn, she could to, turn a bird. to a bird. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah, then that was it. And then, so as I'm reading it, and I was like, oh, Jade Fox is in Mulan, and so is Gong Li, and all that. And I was like, wait, was that movie in English? Yeah, yeah. it was. It's a Disney movie. It had to have been in English. Um, and I, yeah, I remember being like, "Okay, this is this is cute. This is cool. Maybe we'll maybe we'll give it another another go. Check out check out Jade Fox's return." <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, I I, ne- I never saw Memoirs of a Geisha, but I do remember Zhang Ziyi as, as a as kind of an actress exploding. And it, and House of Flying D- Daggers was the- House of Flying Daggers was also two thousand five. Yeah, and then is she in Hero as well? I do not no. believe she is in Hero. Here, let me look that up. Sure. But yeah, uh, she, yeah, she's just, I don't know. She just has such a, she's very beautiful. <laughs> and, she, and she's really good in this for it being yeah, her she first. she is really good. Her first role. And it's a, there's a lot going on. Oh, you know what she had done the year before this was The Road Home. I remember watching The Road Home in college. That is a. I'm not uh, familiar. 
uh, Yimu Zhang, and he's a big um, he's a big filmmaker okay. in China. Okay. So that I, I guess that was her big break. Sure. That probably got her this movie was okay. the Road Home. Okay. All right, so I want to talk about her character, Jen, in this movie and her kind of motivations, right? She, it seems like she's kind of betrothed to marry this man, right? Uh, she has her her training from Jade Fox, who she's surpassed because she does know how to read the, the Wudan manual. So she's become more proficient at this fighting style. So she decides to steal the green destiny sword. And does she just kind of want to go out and live as an outlaw or does she want to go and find, uh, her boyfriend? I thought she wanted to just go live as an outlaw. I didn't necessarily think like, Oh, I need to go find low. Right. I want to be with low. Yeah. I think it was more of like, Oh, low's exciting. And he's not, he's not the life I need to be in. Right. So that's fun, but I don't necessarily want that. Good. Okay, good. Because I kind of thought that too. Because he shows up and she's kind of surprised. I don't think she was like, "Oh, great!" Like we sure. were. This is this was our we'll run away together. Yeah, this was a yeah. this was a fling that she had in the desert. Yeah. Because because when we do get to her, kind of like when she does leave and go on her own, and she is disguised as a man. It, was she a man? <laughs> it, she was a man, right? I, 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 yeah, I think I wasn't. I mean. I wasn't fooled. I mean, no one yeah, was fooled, no, yeah. right? But, <laughs> well, no, because all the, all the other warriors were calling her like sir and all that. But were they doing that because they knew she was not? But I don't know. Um, I yeah. think we're supposed to believe that she's passing as a man, but she's clearly like has this beautiful face. correction to earlier. House of Flying Daggers was two thousand four. Oh, okay. Sorry, mm-hmm. everyone. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we really got that in that scene where she's like, "Okay, this is. I've got the sword. I'm just going to go off and just." fight people in the street, cause trouble, do some hood wrench. <laughs> and, and that fight scene it was oh, amazing. In the restaurant? Yes. Love it. <laughs> MTV uh, award-winning fight scene. Was it movie award-winning fight? It was fight? MTV movie award-winning <laughs> fight scene because so I remember I mean, when she accepted this. Uh, yep. okay. She brought down a bridge inside it, yeah. the restaurant. And I think the next scene, it looks like it's fixed already. I was really confused oh, about sure. the, the next scene. But that's beside the point. Yeah, no, no, no. The fight scene itself was great. This restaurant maybe has multiple bridges inside of it. Yeah, it could have sure, been Yeah, one. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but it's so cool because like at, outside, you know, these people, these men, they see her and they're like, okay, like we got to, I don't know, haze this person or initiate them or see, see what they're... You you know, see what they're made of, and she init- she easily takes down two, and then she goes inside, and then everybody comes in. It's great. It's it's yeah. It's it's iconic. This this like multi level restaurant that she's in that they just completely destroy. It's it's a it's a really good scene. Yeah, it's it's a really fun action set piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when I first saw this movie though, and you know they're talking about the green destiny it's this sword that's just like you know it's it's uh Li Mubai who's Chow Yun-Fat's character it's his it's his sword that he's used all this time and it's so powerful and and all this stuff but they're like oh but also it's so light and like there's all these attributes about it right and when you see it it's like so thin and like wobbly but the, I don't know I'm used to like I guess more of like a European sword kind of look in movies so I'm like that's that's so weird. That doesn't strike me, but it's just so like 
That's this, how powerful the sword is, is that it's slightly moving when you're right, standing still. Right, right, right. I think, that, I think that's kind of the idea. Right. But we ultimately get this kind of uh, idea that she is good with the sword, but a lot of it is the sword that is kind of helps her, right? The sword is leading her. And I, th- yeah, yeah. And I think Michelle Yeoh tells her at some point, like you would be, you know, you would, or somebody tells her like, you would be nothing without, without the, the green destiny, because it's like the scene where they fight and Michelle Yeoh keeps getting different weapons, weapons off the wall. Mm-hmm. That is such a great fight too. Um, but yeah, it's the sword that's, that's kind of breaking all the weapons. And I think if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't that she would still be a great fighter, but you know, it's, it's just, it's this weapon that's kind of helping her to, to kind of, uh, over, overcome everyone. Um, but, oh gosh, what was going to say? It, it's, it's interesting that, you know, she, she feels like as long as I have this weapon, I can kind of go off into the world and and kind of conquer whatever she wants to conquer. But is is it the sword? Like it, it, it raised this question where she said, "Sure, you would be nothing without the green destiny." But I'm like, but as long as she has it, she's pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she's kind of like I don't know. Maybe she did make the right choice, but. Um, yeah, all all of these scenes where they're just chasing her, and the fact that Lee Mubai is just like, "Hey, dude!" Like his character is pretty fucking cool, right? Because he's so good that you know Michelle Yeoh has to have these long, drawn out, protracted fights. But when he goes up against Jen, he's just like, he barely moves. Yeah, there's no effort. Yeah, yeah. and he sees the potential in her because he wants to. Yeah, he wants to bring her on as a student. Wrong. Yeah, like immediately as soon as he sees her, that, that first interaction, he's like, "I can train you." And yeah. of course, she's really stubborn, angry. That's not what she wants. Yeah, um, and yeah, and the, there's the whole thing of like, well, that's that school doesn't accept women. And he's like, "Well, for her, I think if they saw her, then maybe they would make an exception." You know, <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe if they did do that, would that kind of open a door? And if by her turning her back on that, maybe she's kind of turning her back on, you know, other girls who might be able to get this kind of training because she was able to go there. I don't know if that would be, you know, how it would go down, but, you know, for these themes of like the, of these female characters who are kind of not trapped, but just kind of like constricted by their, by their role in society. You know, maybe maybe if she would decide to go with him and and be trained, then it would kind of like like I said, open doors for for other for other women in the future to be to be able to 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 learn there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I was struck with this rewatch was how successful the romance is between Jen and Lowe. Yeah, and it's not really something that I immediately think back on when remembering this movie. Is I normally don't think of the romance, but when I was watching it last night, I think it's pretty effective. All of those, all of the scenes in the desert with them, uh, when it kind of sets up their little meet cute when he takes the comb. Give me back my comb. Give me back my comb. <laughs> all the scenes in the cave, super iconic. Um, this actor also very handsome. Yeah. This actor, uh, Shang Chen. He's kind of a big deal. If you were to come through my line at TJ's, I would be, <laughs> who is this strikingly handsome man? Um, 
I I just was looking up his filmography and he's in uh, he's in Dune. He's in the latest Dune. Yeah, that's the only thing I recognized him from. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a pretty big star. In did Asia. you, did, Scott? Did you see? Um, what's the Happy Together? Happy Together. I did not see Happy Together. Okay. That's the that's the Wong Kar Wai movie that he's in. It is a gay romance too, and it's mm-hmm. Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was like what ninety ninety six ninety seven that that is old that was ninety seven yeah so he was like he was like twenty and that was 19. a pretty big um, international hit too okay but yeah, yeah but I wasn't familiar with a lot of his stuff I didn't I even really know that good. that was him in Dune when I looked at his as his filmography I was like oh look at that he's Doctor Yui okay um, yeah he's really good I remember watching this in the theater and thinking that these scenes kind of stopped the movie a little bit for me. Um, but I the, think I can appreciate them more now. Yeah, I was going to say, watching it again, I was like, okay, this is good. And I think a lot of that kind of harkens back to the novel of just signed, kind of having a complete separate chapter about their meet-cute. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the structure of the novel, but I think it was serialized, so I would imagine yeah. that it would be like these different these different scenes. Um, but yeah, I, I like their storyline together, but I, yeah, again, I do appreciate the fact that that wasn't her that wasn't jen's ultimate like end game of getting out of this life it wasn't to go to him he kind of just showed up and she was like oh shit you're here yeah <laughs> you're here cool um well i still got stuff bold to <laughs> romantic gestures and that's kind of what's interesting about the generational differences with the young people versus the older generation mm-hmm. is that both jen and Lowe kind of had zero chill <laughs> they go from like zero to a hundred really quick. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, are, and you mean because Shulen and and Li Mubai, yes, who are clearly in love with each other yeah. and have been for years and years, are both kind of like, mm, how are you doing today? Yeah, very nice. Good to see you. Isn't it kind of a bummer we never ended up with each other? Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they do have their their little scene at the end after the after the the poison daggers. You mean right before he dies? Yeah. Oh. And that's it. Yes. <laughs> but finally, it's like some kind of, a, you know, a understanding between the two of them. When the Jade Fox flies out of that cave, like shooting those poison <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, looking like this crazy witch. And just the two of them just like swatting away these darts. Yeah. With their swords, just like, oh. Hello. <laughs> yeah, just so this is the easiest thing. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that shit is wild. There was it was interesting because I was like, okay, there's not a lot of blood in this movie, but then oh yeah, there's a big axe to the face. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking like, oh okay, it's one of those where it's like we're showing stuff, but people aren't getting like you know, there's not like gore or whatever. But then I was like, oh no, she Jade Fox threw a crazy like. Uh, Razor blade frisbee at a guy and like got him right between the eyes. And yeah, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, and then um, because that fight scene also was a little more like not comical, but there are some aspects of the of Jade Fox's fighting, especially in that scene where like she kind of will take someone else's weapon and kind of use it against them and stuff like that. It's a little kind of Jackie Chan ish, you know, where they're using (laughs) one person to fight another. And so it's like, it's a little, it's a little funny. It's a little comical. And then boom, like 
razor blade frisbee to the face. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> that was that was that was surprising. Um, and then later on, when she does get the poison darts, they're these little like little teeny like like needles. But when he swats them back at her, they like with four. I mean, she is she is pushed back. They bust through her. There's like blood splattering everywhere. I'm like, oh man. I think when they yeah when they need to show violence or or kind of gore or whatever, it's it's there. But I was like, ooh, that was interesting. Um, You mentioned uh, Jade Fox using like everyone else's weapons kind of against them. I wanted to quickly touch base on the fight between uh, Shulen and Jen when they, when, when Shulen is picking up all these weapons, Mm -hmm. like the proficiency with this range of weaponry. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Oh yeah. Like I was, I was thinking more of like, Oh, Michelle, you'll training like, wow. Like the training for this was, was intense or it had to be intense. Yeah. Cause it looked incredible. Yeah. All those weapons were a completely different style, but I, but I mean the, the thing is that scene is at Shu Len's like base of operations. That's like her, you know, so it's like she would be proficient in all these in all these things. But it's just so like, holy shit. When you when you think about it, you're like, damn, yeah, she really had to figure out different types of sort that, you know, that that big thick stick that was just like busting the floor in pieces like, you know, all that's that is so wild. Yeah. Yes. There was that quick, like little comical moment where she grabs this like big. Yeah. Axe looking thing, yeah. she knows she can't lift it's it. Too it's heavy, like yeah. kind of like, oh yeah. shit, like I need to find something else. I love that. Yeah, yes, yes. And and that's the thing too. It's like there are these little moments of like of like kind of levity that are that are in there. And I don't know if that's just something that you know, uh, Asian cinema or martial arts cinema just kind of always has. It just kind of goes with the material. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it may just be a trope that's just like, oh yeah, we throw in a laugh every now and then. Um but but Gosh, it, was, it works really. I was well. looking at Michelle Yeoh's career. I mean, um, an impressive list of action movies from yeah. the mid to early eighties. Um, let's see, Yes, Ma'am, Dynamite Fighters, Easy Money, Super Cop. That's a big Jackie Super, Chan yeah. movie. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, she's been making these movies since like the early to mid eighties. Yeah, I love that. After after she was Miss Malaysia. She was a oh, beauty. That's right. She was a beauty queen. I mean that face though. <laughs> you can't deny that face. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean shit. She went from beauty queen to like martial arts. And didn't she perform under a different name? I think she was. I think she had a different screen name. Michelle uh, screen name. Michelle Khan. Michelle Khan. Yep. All right. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, She's thirty eight, oh, I think, in this movie, and I mean, she just looks incredible. Yeah, that's that's wild. I remember at the time being like, "Ooh, thirty eight. <laughs> no. oh my god <laughs> i mean she's in her 60s yeah she looks and she, inc- it still looks amazing she looks yeah. incredible yeah they 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 paired her up with uh um they paired her up with short round who's like yeah in his late 40s well, and it's built into the story <laughs> of the age difference and everything everywhere all at once too that he is younger oh, and it's okay. why okay. it's why her dad hates him okay yeah okay i forgot about that part because yeah, he's like he's a full ten years younger than her, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think this movie I really just kind of sealed the deal. I was like, okay, whatever she's in, I'm gonna watch because she, I'm just fascinated. Serve, by. yeah, it's a it's a serve, it's a serve. Um, we haven't talked that much about Chow Yun Fat. He's like really good in this. We talked about how just how stoic he is and how understated, eff- effortless yep. all of his movements are. But like. 
that damn bamboo forest fight. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously I remembered it and I was like, Oh yeah, there's a fight where they're like in the trees. It's kind of like, what led all of the marketing of this movie too. Yeah. yeah. There's a shot where he's like clearly on a wire and he like glides down and lands on a branch. That's like a tree branch. And he lands on it. Like he's just like standing on the floor. Yeah. And stands straight up and does it. I'm like, what the fuck? My, that is like magic. My favorite part, like kind of right before they end up on the trees, I love when they jump on bodies of water, like a yeah. pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Like one big long step. Their little feet. Yeah. Just kind of hit the water. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's that thing of just where like, they're not like, they're not magic. It's not the Matrix. They're just. They're that good. Because. There's some shots of low when he kind of interrupts their little like parade or whatever, and he shoots a little dart into her into her caravan. He runs off and climbs up a wall and he climbs up the wall like a regular person like he like jumps up to the top and has to pull himself up, so not everybody can do it. you know what I mean It's like they kind of make a point to show you like low who is a a main character he's a love interest of of Jen, but like to get up this wall, to get onto the roof of this building, he kind of just has to climb up it like a regular person would. You know, he doesn't have this kind of like ability that she does, like this control of his body or or whatever it is that allows them to do this. You know, and even you know, and even Shulen, like she's able to like you know do a lot of it, but not as 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 much as Jen, and not as 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 easily as as Lee Mubai, I, I guess. But I, I thought that that was a really good touch when they showed Lo kind of struggling to get on the roof of a building. Yeah. You know, unlike, unlike everybody else. So it was like, Oh, oh okay. It's not that everybody can do it. It's that they can, because they're, they're that good. Um, cause yeah, even that one guy who I guess is kind of like security, he's kind of there a lot when things go wrong with Jade Fox and he's there tr- fighting her. Um, he never really does any of the big like yeah. flying, you know, movements. He's 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 a cop and he's really good at you know, uh, uh, fighting. But he doesn't do any he doesn't do any of the flying. But yeah, seeing the bamboo forest fight again last night, it was just like holy shit! How did they? How the hell? Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a mixture of having the actors on wires and then they just kind of sweeten things up and post. But you know when they have the actors on wires, it's a bunch of dudes pulling the rope. Yeah. It's not even like a machine. It's just like I mean, you would think that would be kind of um automated somehow. A little jarring yeah. when you're when you're pulling an actor up on a wire. Yeah. yeah. It's just a bunch of crew guys like pulling ropes to get them up there. That's crazy. I I assumed it would be some sort of automated like some kind of a machine. No. Sure, yeah. They're, pu- they're pulling them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's old school production. I was looking at some of the Oscar mm-hmm. stats for this movie. Um, it won Best Cinematography. Yeah. Um, and also Best Score. The, the Duntan score is very beautiful. Sure. And it ended up winning. Won Best Art Direction. It won Foreign Language Film for Taiwan. I know that there's a lot of strange rules about funding, especially that I think that 
America was kind of a co-financer of this movie that I'm oh. kind of surprised that it qualified. And it, but maybe that's something that after the year 2000, they were kind of more sticklers on. I would be curious to see how close it got to winning either Best Picture or Best Director, too. Sure. The year 2000, that was when Ridley Scott's Gladiator won, but it split director with Steven Soderbergh for Traffic. Oh, this wasn't released by Miramax. Why did I think no, it was Sony. Miramax? Sony, Sony, Sony Classics, baby. Interesting. Yep. All right. Um, God, look at this poster. Yeah, I bought this DVD the minute it came out, and I like my mom was very much she hadn't seen it in the theater, and I was she's like, should I watch it? What did your mom think of this? Did she watch it? I, yeah, she watched it, and she watched it with the, in English. She watched it dubbed. I don't know. I think she was just kind of like, but why are they flying? But why are they flying? Yeah. <laughs> I think she really was able to wrap her mind around it. I was looking at some of the stats for um, the top grossing international movies in America. Do you want to take a guess at any of them, you guys? Ooh, Spirited Away. Spirit Away is not there. Ooh. Even though okay. Spirit Away was a huge hit when it came out. There is surprisingly gotcha. not a Miyazaki movie on this, which is kind of surprising. Wait, top grossing international movies, just like... Just movies not in English. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is number one at $128 million. Number two was a big um, oscar movie in 98. It ended up winning Best Actor. Controversial win. Oh, in There 98... was backlash pretty much immediately oh, uh, to it. Uh, it's Italian. It's... Um... Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number three is Hero. And Hero, I saw in the theater in college. And Hero was one of those movies that it was released in 2002. But for some odd reason, it did not get a release date with Miramax. Because that was who was distributing it until 2004. But it managed to make like $53 million. Have you guys seen Hero? I have not. Hero's good. Yeah, I think I saw it. And I mean, DVD. we probably wouldn't have the success of something like Hero with it without without a movie like crouching tiger and dragon i would okay so number four is interesting i would say it's the closest thing that has come to the wild success of a movie like crouching tiger hidden dragon it is also from asia and what year was it it was um just a few years ago it was it was 2019 it was a huge hit but you kind of got that word of mouth that Crouching Tiger had with critics that just kind of blended to audiences. Parasite. Parasite. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Instructions Not Included is number five. I, think I remember that, that one. I think that is from Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 it is. That's a good movie. Um, Pad's Labyrinth, number six. All right. I'm kind of surprised oh, that yeah. Pan's Labyrinth only made $37 million. I'm surprised it's not more. Yeah, so am I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that being really huge. And yeah, kind of rounding out the top ten, you get stuff like Amelie, The Postman, like Love Water that. for Chocolate, and La Cage Full. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I loved Amelie. Yeah. The Postman I did not see. Okay, so controversial with Amelie. I love Amelie, but if you're going to be pitting that director's movies with each other, I think I like A Very Long Engagement a little more. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet. Yep. Interesting. I saw a very long engagement two days in a row. 
Don't you? I went to it and then I went to it again the day after. That's very that's yep. very Scott of you. And that is a long movie. That is a three hour. It is. World it's a War very long movie. One epic. A very long mm-hmm. engagement. It's a very long movie. Uh, all right. I love, okay. But yeah, just Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons, just reach was just so massive for yeah. a movie like that at the time. Yeah, and I really stand by this idea that kind of it changed action movies i mean the matrix did have a lot to do with this as well but just this whole movement of martial arts which had been around for decades you know um i worked at a uh hip-hop slash skateboard store in the mall and we sold kung fu movies like we had a case that the case had like Random stuff in it. It had like you know, rave wear, glow sticks, things <laughs> like that. Uh, and it had, and we had kung fu movies, and we would show the kung fu movies like on the TVs that we had, and um, they were crazy. They were crazy, and like guys would come in and be like stoner guys or like just I don't know, just random people, and they'd be like, oh, do you have this? Do you have that? And they would buy these like kung fu movies, and they were all from like the sixties or the seventies, and they were in color, and um. You know, sometimes they get shown on cable these like Wu Tang Clan movies because before there was a band, it was like a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not referencing like the group Wu Tang Clan, uh, but like we had a lot of the, these Wu Tang Clan movies, and um, yeah, these very specific fight style, uh, this fight choreography, those were very bloody and violent those were a lot more along the like kill bill lines yeah. you know and um when when was kill bill volume kill one? bill was 2003 okay so just three years later yeah you have you know this this comes in but yeah i, I don't know i think these kinds of movies it was a very specific moment in pop culture that like Chinese martial arts movies were just kind of like having this huge moment and it was a very kind of crossover kind of thing, but it was everywhere. It was in like, what were some of the first big Jackie Chan movies to break out in America? Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask that. Yeah, me too. We have to look, we have to, we have to Google that. I'm thinking rush hour right away. That's about it. Right. Like that's all I really know him from. No, but there were some, there were some other ones that were, uh, a little bit more um, police story. I think that's kind of a big Jackie Chan favorite. Yeah, but he was a vi- he was also a very different kind of style in his yes. own right because his movies were more, um, you know, they were set in present day, and and it was the same thing with Chow Yun Fat. Like he was kind of played more like gangster movies or detective roles or things like that. He didn't really do these like these historical dramas or fantasy movies or anything like that. So um, I think in the, in the realm of like Chinese action cinema at the time, it was very much like set in the present, you know, and these like kind of hard boiled, like cop stories. I think that legend of the drunken master was kind of a big deal for Jackie Chan in the nineties too. Mm -hmm. That kind of got him a lot of crossover success Mm -hmm. in America. Yeah. But I don't know. I think there's something about this movie, the fact that it does have all these female characters. Yes. It's very female driven. It explores these. Probably kind of a, a big reason why we're covering it on our show. No, absolutely. Is that it's so female yeah, led. Absolutely. And just the fact that, like, just Michelle Yeoh, I'm just like, oh, 
my God. Just watch you all day. Congratulations on that Congratulations face. Congratulations on that face yep. and that performance <laughs> and everything. She's, yeah, she's just, she's just epic and I love it. And yeah, I think that definitely is why it really fits into our category just because her and Zhang Ziyi and Jade Fox, I don't know. There's something about, they're so different, but there's something about each of them that it's just like, yes, that's why I love this movie and that's why I love this character. Um, yeah. I'm so in. But yeah, Jade Fox really does give me like scary, witchy power lesbian. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> power lesbian, yeah. But like, yeah, anime villain vibes. I don't know. Yeah. Did you watch Sailor Moon at all, Nick? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I've not seen any Sailor Moon. <laughs> I remember Sailor Moon when I was a kid, but for some odd reason, I just never felt like it was for me. Sure. I watched it because my little brother watched it, and he watched it so much that he was tuxedo mask for Halloween one year. And it was... That's it was cute. Kind of amazing. <laughs> because now, was there a tuxedo mask costume back then, or was that something you had to put together? No, we fully put it together. It's a pretty easy costume to put together. Yeah. You know? no, it is. I, I just wasn't sure if there was, like, you know, licensed no. costumes of that back no, there then. Was, yeah, Here. there wasn't. It was, it was just, like, we just Here's put, a tuxedo, yeah, a tuxedo hat, cape, and the okay, yeah. I have a question. What <laughs> channels were Sailor Moon being shown on? Because it was something that mm. I never came across as a kid. Was it on, like, Cartoon Network? No, I think it was on, like, Fox Kids or something. Fox Kids? Yeah. Okay. I think it was just, like, Pokemon and all that, and, like... Yu-Gi-Oh! and everything, I think they were just on regular TV. At least in, in L.A. I don't think he was watching any of it on cable. I think he was watching it on regular TV. Your brothers were really into Pokemon and Sailor Moon. And when I was a kid, because I'm roughly your brother's age, yeah. I never felt like any of that was for me. <laughs> Especially something like Pokemon. Right. At least with like Sailor Moon, like they're pretty fierce. Yeah, so I'm like, pre- all right, all yeah. right, kind of work. <laughs> You're cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh man, I just followed a TikToker, is it this Asian guy and um he did a he did a TikTok of of Tuxedo Mask walking into the workroom on on Drag Race. <laughs> but he also <laughs> did one of Tuxedo Mask applying to be an Avenger. It was so good. I was just like, "Oh my god, dying." <laughs> but yeah, I I was I was getting a lot of 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 uh airbender from this but i don't know that's just that's kind of basic i've watched bits and pieces of the last airbender with you that's basic yes you did oh you should totally watch it he needs to finish it it's so good yeah no yeah it's i've watched it so many times like just it always deserves a rewatch have you seen any of one piece on netflix i hear it's really good the the, the live action adaptation yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's actually really good i have only watched like 20 20 something episodes of the actual anime because it's a long one i was gonna say i'm not super invested but i i am watching the live action and it's it's really good it looks fantastic okay and it doesn't take itself too seriously which i like yeah yeah because i mean those characters are wild yeah (laughs) There's 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 like some crazy stuff going on with there. I don't know, Scott. I feel like you might be a little bit like, what is this? Because you don't have that strong base of yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might look at you might look at these character designs and be like, what the fuck are they wearing? <laughs> is, are you telling me this is a fucking clown who pulls himself apart, and this <laughs> yeah. guy has a metal jaw? <laughs> yeah, and the main character is like Plastic Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. He's yeah, like, he's basically Plastic Man. He's uh, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Incredible. <laughs> 
<laughs> Elastigirl. Yeah. yeah, that's just like that's a superpower. But does he have that ass though? He does not have the the Elastigirl Pixar ass, unfortunately. And he is not Joe Locke from Heartstopper, which he constantly. Yeah, I keep thinking think that, that he is. it's the kid from Heartstopper. <laughs> He looks, I haven't seen that. Is it good? Eyebrows. It's so good. You need to watch it. <laughs> okay. okay. It's Pete's favorite show. I just watched um, oh God, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Oh. <laughs> that's like, I feel like the same realm. That's why I've heard stuff. It's not as corny. It's not as lifetime movie as Red, White, and, and Royal Blue. Yeah, it's fair. It's more. It was, f- it, was, it was. It was something. Yeah, it was. It was something else. It's more oh. for. It's for teenagers. It's more for gay teenagers yeah. to watch with their mom. Yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, exactly. Which Except Uma Thurman, right? I'll watch yep. anything with Uma Thurman. <laughs> absolutely. You tell me she's the president, I will believe you 1,000%. With a, with a thick Southern with accent. A crazy, <laughs> with a crazy, like, Colonel Sanders accent. Yeah, I was like, wow, she really went for it. Yeah. You want to order some pizza? We could talk about Truvada. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh. Terrible impression, but you get the picture. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing the Oval Office <laughs> as we speak right there, Have, having a having a uh, in depth conversation with your son about oh bottoming God, I, I in the Oval Office. I can't with that movie. <laughs> the way she answered the phone, she's like, "We're gonna need some people." <laughs> did you see? Um, did you see that actor in Bottoms though? Which actor? No, oh, the... I, I saw the ad for, it and I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, he's already he's in, in another bottoms. film, you know, yeah. similar." Yeah, <laughs> he's really funny in Bottoms too. Like, Oh, it's in theaters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it finally went wide. Yeah, we saw it kind of early, so it wasn't in that many theaters. But I think it's, I think it's gone wide. Yeah, he's he's really funny, and it's a, it's a completely different character than Prince Henry. But um, Bottoms is funny. We we yeah. we both uh, recommend that one. So going back to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, no. what of our what our favorite what are our favorite fight scenes of the movie? Oh my goodness, Nick! Oh, there's so many. What's your favorite? Um. Probably, like I mentioned, uh, Shulan and Jen, right? Yeah. That one, I think, takes the cake for sure. I think I agree. I think I'm going to say Shulan and Jen. The one where they're up all, in the trees? All the different, no, no, no. Michelle, yeah. No, no, no. In the, oh, sure, in sure, the sure. Yeah. All the different okay. weapons, yeah. Um, where Jen I, breaks them. I think, the, I think the bar is my favorite part. Okay. The bar, yeah, yeah, that's probably a close number two. It, yeah. It's very fierce. Yeah. That one, that one definitely is giving me a lot of... Um, a lot of last airbender vibes because it's just like all these villains and it's just like the one, you know, uh, but yeah, that, that's a great fight. So yeah. I, I like, I really like in that one that they all, all these warriors have like their, like their gang name. And he's like, Oh, I'm like, I'm like iron arms or whatever. And she's like iron arms. And she like rips off. Rips his, off sleeve. his sleeve. Yeah. And she like shows that he's like fucking cheating. He's got like this iron, like cuff on. So I kind of wanted her to go through each of their little like gang names and like, show why they're like cheating at it but sure that would have been too long oh i'm looking at but the mtv movie awards of 2001 do you know who zhang ziyi lost breakthrough female to and usually mtv's nominees for breakthrough are usually pretty like good like for the most part they hold up is it was so, it like mina suvari or something no um this this category is pretty good it was Aaliyah from romeo must die and a scary movie. movie. <laughs> Work. Piper uh, Parabo and Coyote Ugly, Zhang Ziyi. And they all lost to Erica Christensen from Traffic. Did Scientology <laughs> just buy her that? But what? 
<laughs> They're buying MTV Movie they bought, Awards. They somehow finagled oh her to win God. the MTV Movie Award for traffic. They're like, look, we can't we can't afford to buy off buy off the Oscars, but we will yeah. buy off Ugh. the MTV Awards. That is, some, that is some bullshit right there. Erica Christensen, and she's the fake Julia Stiles. Yeah. Okay. Um, best, okay. So so best fight in. that I remember her accepting this award it's zang ziyi versus the entire bar for crouching tiger and dragon i remember she was very excited when she won you could tell that she did not speak a lot of english yeah so it was just like her acceptance speech was very was i mean it was very quick but you could tell that she was super jazzed to be there um she won and the other nominees in the category are drew barrymore versus the attackers and charlie's angels that's that's like the the kind of like the big yeah uh set piece fight from that movie gladiator versus the masked opponent and tiger and gladiator so like the big the big coliseum scene from gladiator mm-hmm. and jet lee versus attackers and romeo must die what a category all right it was a and time. you know jet lee was supposed to be in this movie too uh, okay i can see that oh. i was yeah, he was originally going to be uh Lee Mubon. Okay. I was reading yeah. that the actress who was supposed to be the Zhang Ziyi role was offered it, and her representation told her to take a Pepsi commercial over the movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we just saw Haunting in Venice. We did? Oh, was that good? Two nights ago. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was It was. I fun. liked it. It's, it was a good mm-hmm. mystery, and the fact, Spooky. That, the fact that they made it a horror was fun but it made me think uh you know michelle yo is she works a lot she's in a lot of movies and tv shows she did a whole witcher spin-off series where did for she netflix have, where did she have time to do that the fuck did she have time to make it she, and she just did that disney show too i think american born chinese yes, yes. yeah she just did that so like, eight episodes of that she's working hard but the, it's funny because in some of these roles i think that it was a thing where they were just like it wasn't necessarily an asian actor but they just were like you know who we could get and they didn't change the name because in a haunting in venice her character's name is like agnes reynolds <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on there? And in Star Trek, uh, in Star Trek Discovery, her character's name is Philippa Giorgio. Oh, she was like a main character <laughs> of, of the first few seasons of Star Trek Discovery. I forgot about and that. And she's getting a spinoff series of Star Trek. Wow. A, as she should. A section, yeah, as she should. Yeah. A section 31. Um, it's, I'm still waiting for a sequel to Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, uh, I was just, so I was just looking that up today, and it's still just in development. Yeah, like that whole uh, ending I mean, was a huge cliffhanger. That movie made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my top favorite movies of yeah. all time. Yeah, so good. She is. She plays two different characters in the MCU. She's in Shang-Chi yep. as a main character, kind of, in Shang-Chi. And then she is kind of a cameo in Guardians. Yeah. Yep. She's so kind they, of like... the second one? Uh, two, yeah. Two. Yeah, she's yep. at the very end. She has the big funeral scene. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of a rival um, space gang, right? Yeah, Ravagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But she did that first. And then I was like, oh, but she's going to be in Shang-Chi. But she was already in... Okay. But that that part is so, like... it's It's a cameo, and I think it's... I think it might even be a post credits cameo too, um, or mid mid credits. But yeah, she she's in Last Christmas with 
Amelia Clark. She plays yep. the owner of a Christmas, a year round Christmas store in London. So it's one of those things where it's like, sure, Michelle, you all do this. Like these roles are not written specifically, and that's fine. That's cool. Just kind of have to directors a, really wanting to work with yeah, her. It does, not to say that a, a Chinese woman or a Malaysian woman would not be able to own a Chinese or to be able to run a, a Christmas store in the middle of London. But it's just like, oh, okay. You just want if you can get M- Michelle Yeoh to be in your project, you're like sure. Her her name's Agnes Reynolds, and you're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna go. With she's it. gonna go. <laughs> yeah, she's playing um, like a psychic medium in Venice, Italy, in the forties. A psychic she, medium who just got out of prison, right? Named Agnes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not sure. the whole the whole thing with the, the characters that she just got out of prison. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's just, you know, I'm just watching it going, this role was clearly, uh, oh, I think Agatha Christie wrote her as a, as a white lady <laughs> when she wrote, when she wrote this book way back in the day. But, um, yeah, we, we just saw that the other night and <clears throat> I only saw murder on the Orient Express. I did not see death on the Nile, but I think. I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it more than Murder on the Orient I think Express. It's, I think it's the best of movie. all of the Agatha Christie movies. The yeah. Agatha Christie cinematic universe that Kenneth Branagh has, From been, Kenneth Branagh, has sure. been making. Yeah. yeah. She's, Is this one connected to those two? Yeah. I mean, just with like the no, main okay. character. Yeah, they're all... Yeah, he, okay. yeah he plays, the, he plays the, the same detective in all three. Oh, Hercules, gotcha. Hercules, yeah. I haven't Her- seen any of them. I know, I know of course, of the... Sure. I just Hercules Perot. to watch them. Her- Hercule. 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 Yeah, it's French, so the S is, the S is silent. Not Hercules. Hercules. Not Hercules. Hercule Poirot. Hercules. Poirot. Hercules. Hercules. I'm, Hercules. I'm doing my French Duolingo for our Paris trip in 2024. So I haven't been doing mine, and it's been getting it's been getting testy with me. And I know that little that little damn bird. <laughs> that little that little owl's getting pissed. That little Tom Nook bird from <laughs> from Duolingo. He he gets mad. My my watch is like buzzing. I was able to re. I was able to fix my streak last night, so you can do it. But um, I'll have to work on it today. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, she's in Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Michelle oh, is she, a, is she a voice? She's a voice. Oh, yeah. Is she a robot? She's a robot, and I think she's a. I think she's a dinosaur. Oh, okay. I didn't finish the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to see it because it has the. It has RC. Who was the lady transformer from the cartoon from the eighties? Does she yeah. have boobs? She does, and she also has like Princess Leia, like cinnamon <laughs> bun hair, but she like does, a transformer, yeah. and she's pink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's pink and white. I think she turned into a motorcycle in the cartoon. I don't remember though. I could be completely wrong. But um, I have not seen American Born Chinese, but that also has. Um, and also have it also has Kihui Kwan, Ki Kwan? Yeah. yes mm-hmm. from uh, from everything everywhere so I want to watch that and uh, I think the Witcher spinoff is already available oh yeah the School for Good and Evil Scott you said that was Garbage Mama right oh I never watched it okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget that she's in one of the Mummy sequels she's in Tomb of the Dragon oh. Emperor yes I do remember with, that uh, her and Jet Li. Okay. okay. I love Sunshine. Arguably the worst one, but yes, hey, sure. you know, yeah. great franchise. Love it. No, no, no. I'm lying. The worst one is the Tom. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, the Tom Cruise? 
Yeah, Tom that Cruise. Doesn't yeah. Count. Yeah. That doesn't count. Yeah, we we don't we don't count that as part of the actual no, mummy. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> mummy franchise. I'm a huge Sunshine fan. The movie that she did with Danny Boyle. Oh, Sunshine is very good. Yeah. Have you ever seen Sunshine? Nick? It's a sci-fi. No, sci-fi, sci-fi movie. movie. It's about did, yeah. uh, these astronauts that are flying to the sun to infuse this nuclear bomb in it to kind of reignite it because like the, the sun's dying. The sun's dying. Yeah, so they have to. Come when did this one come out? Came out in 2007. 2007. Cillian okay. Murphy. Yeah. Yes. Killy or Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Um. So. So we do need to address the fact that there is a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel that was direct to Netflix in 2016. But it just kind of turned into one of those Netflix movies that just disappears into the algorithm and is never heard nor seen from again. Right, right, right. I remember thinking in 2016 when it came out, wow, there's a sequel. And then, like you said, right, completely forgot about it. Yesterday I was doing a little bit of research on IMDb and I was like, oh, I completely forgot about this. Yeah. And oh, yeah. look, I mean, okay, so Donnie Yen is top build with Michelle Yeoh, but also uh this actress her name is Natasha Liu Bordizo, she is in Ahsoka. She uh she plays um Sabine. Oh, Sabine. Okay. Yeah, she's she's in she's one of the top build cast. Are you guys watching Ahsoka? I am. Scott's not watching Love it. it. I'm watching it. I'm loving it. So good. You want to so talk amazing. about you want to talk about a strong female driven cast. This is like are the Star Wars bros just like shaky like <laughs> are they mad at this because it's all ladies? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think everybody is giving think, it amazing reviews. I, I, yeah. I yeah, I think everyone's on board with this. Yeah. Oh, my coworkers really like it. It's really good, man. Scott, I need you to sit down and watch it. <laughs> I heard that um I hear that People got choked up during the um, oh my god the cameo yeah. with, uh, with Anakin uh, right there in the field uh, in the field when he oh, called her snips the oh my I god I was screaming at the TV yeah and it's got the little girl from Barbie oh that's right she plays she plays young Ahsoka she plays young Ro- Rosario um yeah Ahsoka the White of this last episode <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so Harry Shum Jr. is in. The Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel. I mean, he I has kind of a that. he has kind of a working relationship now with Michelle Yeoh because they were in Crazy Rich Asians, and mm. uh, I mean, he has cameos in Crazy Rich Asians yeah, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. But yeah. he's the chef and Everything Everywhere. Oh all at yeah, once. he's Rakukuni with the with the <laughs> raccoon. Yeah, I forgot about that. And he's from Glee, right? Yeah, Harry Shum Jr. But I okay. think that the spinoff is revolving around him. Oh. For Crazy Rich Asians. Because that's the thing. is, I don't think it's a traditional sequel with all of those characters, but it's going to revolve around him. Well, that was the setup and, of the cliffhanger And I think that's something from him. the novels, yeah. I think. I think the I think the books follow that character. It's him and Gemma Chan's character. Yeah. Gemma Chan. Speaking of congratulations on that face. I mean. But Gemma Chan is also one of those actors that, is she almost too beautiful? To be taken seriously. To be taken seriously <laughs> in a lot of these movies. She's in, she's also another one that has two MCU roles. I was going to say she's in Captain Marvel and, and the Eternals. Eternals. Yeah. 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 She's a, she's in the Eternals and her name is Cersei and she's the one that her English accent it makes her sound like what she's the, saying I'm sassy. Okay, I remember <laughs> sitting I remember sitting in the Eternals and just being like is this bitch's name like sassy? This bitch just said her name sassy. sassy? <laughs> <laughs> of what I remember of of the Eternals cuz I don't re- think I can Recall anything from that movie besides her delivery of 
Come and, on. Harry, <laughs> and Harry Styles at the end. No, yeah. it, it's not. A, it's not a strong film, yeah. but it does. It, it is going to branch off into some good things if, if we do get Blade from if, that. So, oh shit! Okay. What's up with this Blade movie? Like, have they finished <laughs> shooting it. it? We need it. Well, I mean, it, I mean, yeah. this has been like a troubled production that they've started filming it. They shut it down. I don't know mm-hmm. if they had completed it before the strike. When is this movie coming out? I thought it was supposed to. So I think originally it was supposed to come out at the end of this year. Obviously, that it, yeah. it was delayed. I, Probably next year. I think it's inevitably delayed right now with no release date. IMDb just says expected 2025. I wonder if it's in post. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, I didn't didn't realize that that was kind of like the Eternals was kind of going to be the the, uh, starting point for that. Okay. Right. But that movie's it about was, like I think it was in one of the end credit scenes. Sure. You that movie's about like vampires. To it. How does it link up to the Eternals? I don't know. <laughs> that, 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 um, this is for, do you this remember, is for a completely oh, different God, episode. His Dane Whitman. He's um Jon Snow. He opens up a box with sure. a sword in it. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, and that, and someone's talking in the background and everyone's speculating that that was Blade. So I'm God, pretty sure that okay. was the connection between it. Okay, all right. John, yeah, that's right. Jon Snow and Rob Stark were in The Eternals. Yeah. Yep. Gosh. Do I need to nice revisit it? I don't know. We'll think about it. <laughs> we'll, think, we'll think about it. But we should probably wrap up our conversation on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, Michelle Yeoh, she is a workhorse. She's in a lot of stuff. But I think if you really kind of want to get a feel for kind of why she became a superstar there's a really good be kind rewind video of her early work from okay. asia that's really worth checking out yeah because she kind of tracks her her rise to american stardom mm-hmm. through all of that mm-hmm. stuff yeah mm-hmm. but i mean obviously she's having a moment she just won best actress it was completely and totally like deserved yeah. everything everywhere Agreed. once is amazing watch it if mm-hmm. you haven't already but um yeah i think this movie just kind of illustrates like yeah she can kind of do anything. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what everything everywhere would have been with Jackie Chan. Well, like, I mean, she be, kind of it had to be her. She kind of does everything in a role like everything everywhere yeah. all at once. I mean, you get comedy, you get drama, yeah, you get action, you get, you get it all arts, in that yeah. performance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what a role for a woman in her sixties. It's just like you don't yeah. really see you don't really see that a lot in mainstream movies. Yeah. So yeah, so definitely Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This is this is the one to kind of go back to and and revisit. It like we said, it's not on Netflix right now, but it is something that you can goes on, you can track it goes down. On it goes off. on. And um, off. Yeah. We mentioned briefly at the top of our show. This is the third Ang Lee movie that we have done. We started out the season with Brokeback Mountain, and we have covered the Ice Storm, which oh, he yeah. made a few years before this movie. What range? That is wild. (laughs) Going from the ice storm, he made a Western movie in between uh, the ice storm and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Ride with the Devil. Not a lot of people remember it. It has Tobin Maguire and Jewel in it. Kind of has been forgotten, but I know that it has kind of a a big following. I think it got a criterion. And then, yeah, started out the 2000s with the bang with Crouching Tiger. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And Angley is... A fascinating director because he has career highs and he also has career lows. That he can do a movie like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and then do something like try to make a superhero movie like The Hulk. And it doesn't really go over so well. Yeah. Not at all. Well, that is like one of my least remembered Marvel movies, oh, The yeah. Hulk. 
It's yeah, that movie's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but Nick, your homework now is to figure out what movie you were thinking of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I'm gonna have to watch. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go through and watch figure out what. What yeah. was I thinking? My money was it was probably House of Flying Daggers. It, it had to have been, yeah. and, and I'll go rewatch that. Yeah. Um, a quick a funny thing though, I finished us. watching this movie yesterday um, on Amazon, and you know, at the end, it gives you like a recommendation. You need to watch this next. Sure. Uh, what a girl wants was the recommendation. Oh, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. I, I, I double feature it. those two. <laughs> wow. I okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was laughing at yeah. that. I just want to quickly touch base. What, like, what are your thoughts on the ending of the film? I was going to say we need to talk about the ending. Oh, sure. So I was doing some Google work about what exactly the meaning of the ending is of why did jump why did Jen jump off the Wudong Mountains? Because he told her that he the has, legend says if you jump story. off the mountain that you could grant your wish. And uh, his wish was that they were back in the desert mm-hmm. in their little honeymoon cave. Yeah. Do you think that they ended up back there? Well, he's not the one that jumped. Yeah. It had to be her wish. It had to be her wish. What do you think her (laughs) wish was? I don't know. Maybe to be at peace? Yeah. Just to to not have all these expectations thrust on her from everyone else to just live her own life that she wanted to live, I guess. Because it's not really a tragic ending. Like, this isn't like a suicide. I don't think so. No, No. I think that I think she's doing it to get to, to... to get her wish, but I don't. But we don't know what it's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. Yeah, that's and the then Michelle Yeoh. That's the kind sad. of that's yeah. the kind of ending that your mom that would drive your mom crazy. It's like the ending uh, of Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Inception, Birdman, all those things. My mom's just like, but what happened? Uh, I'm still yeah, Cindy. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you just kind of have to let it go, let it flow through you, and just whatever you want the ending to be. I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what I think. I don't know what I think her her ultimate like kind of wish would have been. I think just to like, I think it was kind of fulfilled there though, because now that she's there, that she made it to to Wudan to the mountain or whatever, I think she gets to either be with to be with Lo or to to go and continue her training. I guess. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's. Um, it's a cool ending. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's it's ambiguous, but I like it. Yeah. Sorry if we spoiled the twenty three year old movie. Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> spoil all of our movies on this show. Pete. We spoil every movie on this show, <laughs> no matter how old they are. But we typically typically do movies that are old. But um, yeah. But yeah, thanks for bringing up the ending because that that was a that was a question that we both had too. Nick, it was so fun to catch up with you. Yes. In this episode. Yeah, thank you it guys had for been a while. Of course. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. I love your Star Wars episode. It's a fun one. Listeners, go back and re-listen to <laughs> our episode one. On Phantom Menace. On Phantom Menace, yeah. where we kind of get into everything Star Wars in that one. And we yeah. do it kind of with the framework of a crazy movie like episode one. <laughs> and all the beautiful gowns. And then go watch Ahsoka, everyone. <laughs> Scott, go watch Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah Scott, there's, there's just too much, <laughs> especially with like Star Wars. I feel like there's the the ones that I can watch, like Mandalorian or the Obi Wan Kenobi one. But then there's like deep cuts that I kind of have problems concentrating with. Yeah, like the Cassian Andor spinoff. Yeah, that was a, there's a lot of story going on there. Mm-hmm. And Scott, yeah, and with Ahsoka, and he didn't watch Rebels. No, so. and I've heard yeah. that it's pretty much just like a live action version of the cartoon. 
and you really need you need an understanding of Red Bulls to really yeah. get why yeah. Ahsoka and Sabine are the way they are right yeah. now. Well, specifically Ahsoka, obviously, but like Sabine, why they're there. Yeah, it's it's essentially Rebel season five. Yeah, so and it's amazing. So Scott, go watch Rebel season one through four. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one through four. <laughs> then the report back and to then us. Then watch all what the Lost your, Airbender. Your book report. Oh yeah, then we're gonna and then yeah, catch up on some Sailor Moons and then the Legend the of Korra. Yeah, yep. s- skip the live action uh, Last Airbender. But this Netflix live action Airbender should be coming out at some point. Looks promising. I, mean, I would promising. imagine that with we'll the see. success of something like One Piece, that I think that something like Airbender is possible to do a serviceable job at. Yeah. And they've been making it for so damn long. This One Piece came out of nowhere. So I don't know. Hopefully hopefully it'll get released soon. But uh, that's all for another episode. But Nick, we should let you go. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you, guys. And you're very welcome. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon for, for something else. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, right, Nick. Man. See ya. Bye. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Yes, indeed. Another fun one for the books. But um, time to wrap it up. But I think before we let you all go, I think it's time. Patreon shout out. Shout out. We'd like to say a great big hello and thank you to all of our wonderful patrons, including Tammy and Roberto, Brett, Tren, Daisy and Kelly, Chrissy, Stephen, Jake, Desiree, Laura, Thomas, Brenna, Jessica Rabbit, Lawrence, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emma, Millie, Aaron, Jessica, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and also Rufino. You guys. We have some fun stuff happening on the Patreon. Yes. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. We have begun a new series of television episodes. We just started out with the Avengers of Pete and Pete. That is our episode for September at the $5 and above level. Yes. When you're at the $10 level, you will get the monthly commentary, yes. which will be out very soon after this episode. So, I mean, with the $10 level, you'll get two bonus episodes and uh, that is kind of including mm-hmm. the commentary. Yes, we've got uh, over 35 commentary tracks uh, that uh, Scott and I will sit down and watch a movie and record a commentary as we're watching it. We give you instructions on how to sync up the track with the movie. Uh, it's very fun to listen to as a commentary or it's also very fun to listen to just as a bonus episode, you know. The way you listen to our regular episodes. I'm looking forward to the television episodes for the month of October. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot of fun Halloween sitcoms to talk about. Yeah, I think we're going to throw in some good um, TV episodes for October. So uh, head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for that. We thank you so much to everybody who contributes. Uh, all of your donations go directly to keeping the show running and available to you and ad-free Every week. Um, this is our fifth season, and we've only taken a couple of weeks off around the holidays each year. Otherwise, you get brand new episodes each week ad-free. Yeah. For free. So um, all of your contributions go directly to that. You can also give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to see that. Yes, indeed. If you uh, listen on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, you can give us a a star rating so give us five stars and if you have an iphone apple podcast just comes pre-installed so even yeah. if you don't listen on that platform just open up the podcast app and you're able to 
search for our show and write us a quick review and they actually help the five star ratings the reviews they actually help our show to get kind of pushed out to um to the masses so thank you for doing that if you already have and if you haven't consider doing it because it's free it takes like a minute out of your entire day you can follow us on facebook instagram what are the new so we are are currently on on blue sky blue sky we're uh at mtmeg pod just like we are on X, formerly known as Twitter, at MTMEG Pod, but we're on Blue Sky. So if you are on Blue Sky, check it out. We are over there. We don't really post much, but we're getting used to it. And we're also on Threads. On Threads, we're uh, at Movies That Made Us Gay. On Instagram, we're at Movies That Made Us Gay. And Facebook as well. So yeah, we're trying to keep up with all the new tweet like apps, Mm -hmm. but we're there. We're on Blue Sky. Go follow us. We're on Threads. Go follow us. Um, but we're most active on Instagram. Yeah. So we've kind of gotten a little boost recently on Instagram with some funny posts that, that have just kind of taken that, off. Is that Sherry O'Terry, Molly went, Shannon? Went a little video. viral unexpectedly. We got like 100 follows from that damn post. We got over 100. We're closing in on 150 follows just from the post. It's got like closing in on 2,000 likes. That's small potatoes for some people, but that's pretty big for us. <laughs> so check us out on Instagram. Follow us there. And uh, again, likes, um, comments, uh, interaction, all that stuff actually makes a difference. We love to see so it. So anytime you can just uh, hit the little heart or uh, do anything like that always helps. Yeah. So thank you very much. You can go in ahead and follow our personal accounts. Yeah. If you want to, uh, my name's Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and, um, threads, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Bye. We'll be back next week. Bye.